just want to go ahead and take your seats. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Lord, I just want to say thank you for the safety you gave on the road today, just traveling to and hopefully from. Just pray for your safety as we get ready to uh, travel home here in a little bit. Thank you for those kids that just wanted to get up and just represent you this morning. We praise you and thank you for that. And I just pray you would be with the teaching right now. Let your spirit lead, guide, and direct. And Lord, help us to remember you over these next couple weeks in your name. Amen. We've been going through the book of Matthew on Sunday mornings. And we're up to Matthew 26, verse 17. It says, Now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? How's that for our Christmas verse this morning? Unleavened bread, Passover, etc. We're in the last days of Jesus' life. We're getting ready for the Last Supper, actually down to hours away from his arrest and his death on the cross. And so these words pop up in verse 17, Passover, Unleavened bread. Passover and unleavened bread. How does this relate to Christmas? It's kind of interesting. A little bit of background on this, if you'd like a little bit of history. Passover comes from Exodus chapter 12. What was going on is the Jews were in slavery to Egypt. And so that's when Moses was sent with Aaron to go do the plagues to be able to let the Israelites go. Pharaoh wasn't listening. So it built up to this last plague, the death of the firstborn. And the death of the firstborn is a very tragic plague, but it was God's way to get Egypt's attention and to make Pharaoh let them go. The Jews were protected, though, miraculously. The firstborn of the Egyptians died, but the Jews were protected, how? By the blood of a lamb. And this lamb was not just any regular lamb. The lamb that had to be perfect, the lamb had to die, and it was the lamb's blood that was put around the doorposts that kept the family safe. And what happened is when the death came over Egypt, that blood of the lamb on the doorpost passed over the Israelites, the Jews, and they were miraculously saved by the blood of a lamb. Jesus, it was not a coincidence, obviously, that he is crucified during the Passover. But what about unleavened bread? Unleavened bread happens at the same time, too. No leaven in the house in any way whatsoever. Can't have leaven in your food. Can't have leaven in your bread. Leaven represents that agent that makes the bread rise. Can't have any of that in there at all. Now we sit there and we hear this and we say, okay, James, Passover, unleavened bread. Here it is, Christmas program, Sunday. How how does this tie into Christmas in any way whatsoever? Got to remember, when you read the Old Testament, you're always looking for Jesus in the Old Testament. Always look for him. So often when we go back and read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, etc., we read about the law, we read about this stuff, and it gets a little confusing to us, maybe it gets a little boring, but you need to stop and look for Christ in there, because Christ is in the Old Testament, and then it's explained in the New Testament. We're going through the book of Hebrews on Wednesday nights, and just a couple weeks ago, we went through Hebrews 9, where it goes through the tabernacle, and all the different parts of the tabernacle, the golden lampstand, the table of the showbread. Now, if you don't look for Jesus in it, you're kind of saying, Lord, I don't get this. I mean, I understand what you're doing. But when you look for Jesus, all of a sudden the golden lampstand makes sense because Jesus is the light of the world. When you see the table of the showbread, you see those 12 loaves of bread there. It represents Jesus wanting to have communion with us, the bread and the wine. All of a sudden you see Jesus now in the Old Testament. So when we see Passover, when we see unleavened bread in verse 17, okay, Lord, if everything is about you, Psalm 34 makes it clear. The whole book is written about Jesus. How are you in this? See, it seems what happens here in churches is we get on this what I call religious schedule. We have Jesus be born in December. He dies in the spring, rises again. I don't know what he does from April to December. But then he comes back again in December and he's born again. And we just kind of keep repeating this cycle. And so what happens is during Christmas we focus on his birth. 
And then when it comes to the spring, we focus on his death and resurrection, which is good. It's good to set time aside. But really what we need to do is realize that everything, everything is completely tied together. So when I see Passover and unleavened bread, I don't say, oh no, that, that's for the spring studies because that's when Passover and unleavened bread is. This is Christmas season. We need to go to Matthew 1. We need to go to Luke. No, let's stop for a second. It's all tied together. How's it all tied together? I got a couple of verses I want to show you there. Alan, if you don't mind putting those up real quick. These are just some passages that kind of just talk a little bit about who Jesus is and how it represents Passover and unleavened bread and how it all comes together then. We ran into this at the 830 service too. Thank you. I told Alan I can only stall so long, so I'm just kidding you, man. Look at 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly our unleavened, for indeed Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. See, now all of a sudden, Passover and unleavened bread are not some Old Testament feasts that don't apply to us. It's all about Jesus. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, so Jesus is our Passover lamb. What did we say? The lamb had to be perfect. Jesus was perfect. The lamb had to die. Christ had to die for our sins. And the lamb's blood is what saved the household. Sounds like Jesus. Purge out the old leaven. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. Just as leaven gets into bread and it changes it, it makes it rise. Sin gets into your life, it changes you. It makes bad things happen. It rises up in your life. And so therefore, we're supposed to purge out the old leaven. Just like at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they'd get all the leaven out of their house. What we're looking at is through Christ, we need to get all the sin out of our lives. Look at our last verse here. It's not hard to see because I wanted to make sure you guys knew that we had the biggest, brightest Christmas light show ever. (laughs) Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from our fathers, but in the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. That's Jesus. See, when you tie all the verses together... Jesus is the Passover lamb. When you tie all the verses together, Jesus is our feast of unleavened bread because he takes the sin out of our lives. Well, how does this relate, though, to Christmas? Let's go look at this. Can you go with me to Matthew, please? One, Matthew chapter one. If all these events are tied together, and if Jesus said the whole book is written about me, we should be able to take Passover unleavened bread, events that are found in Exodus 12. We should be able to take Jesus in 1 Corinthians 5, and we should be able to take the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1, and it should all come together. Let's see what happens. Now, here's our Christmas passage, Matthew 1 verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
There's our Christmas story. What do we see in here, though? Well, take a look real quick, if you will, at verse 21. She will bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. See, even back in Matthew 1 with your Christmas story, why did Christ come, verse 21, to save you from your sins? He came to be the Passover lamb. See, so often when we focus on Christmas, it is. It's a beautiful holiday. I love it. I love the lights. I love the atmosphere of it. And we always have Christ in the nativity. We do. And he's this adorable baby. But the truth is, Christmas is the first day of a 33-year-long process of death. Christ came to die. Now, what happens is at Christmas, we kind of don't focus on that. We focus on the birth and God becoming one with us and for us to have a relationship with him. Amen. That's all true. And then what happens when we come to resurrection week? We start focusing on death and resurrection. Right? But you have to put it all together. Why did Christ come? Well, he came to be with us. Hence, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God wants to be with you. Well, why does God want to be with you? Go back to verse 21. He wants to save you from your sins. How is he going to save you from your sins? Because he's the Passover lamb. And what is he going to do when he dies on the cross for your sins? He's going to free you from the slavery of sin. And then what is he going to do? Feast of unleavened bread. He wants to get the sin out of your life through a relationship with him. It all comes together. Passover, unleavened bread, Christmas, resurrection week. It all is tied in together because the Bible says it is all written about Jesus. And when you really stop and get that and understand, wow, Lord, it all is about you. And I hope then when you go and you maybe you read the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, look for Christ in there. And then what happens is as you're looking for Christ in there, all of a sudden you're going to be in the New Testament where it's revealed who he is. And it's, wow, Lord, I see you now in everything. Because you did come to save me from my sins, verse 21. And in verse 23, you came, be God with us. So often you see this little saying that's used a lot now in advertisements. You see it on the TV, radio, etc. about the true meaning of Christmas. And it's the season of giving. I don't know if people really stop and understand the true meaning of Christmas is that we had a sin problem that had to be dealt with. And so far, therefore, our sins had to be dealt with. So God had to come down in the form of a man, Emmanuel, God with us. And then he had to die on the cross for our sins as the Passover lamb. That's what Christmas is. Now we celebrate him with us. Because a lot of times I talk to people throughout the week and it is not going good for them. It's not going good. They have a spouse that doesn't want them. They have kids that don't want to have a relationship with them. They don't feel like they have a lot of friends, family, relatives. They don't have that. So what am I trying to tell them? I'm trying to tell them you are wanted. You are loved. Because Emmanuel, God wants to be with you. He does. And I also try to tell them, you know what? You can be forgiven. Hence verse 21 of Matthew 1. He wants to save you from your sins. And you can be set free just like Israel was set free from the bondage of Egypt. Christ wants to set you free from the bondage of sin. And when you put that all together, man, now you really start to get Christmas. He is the Passover lamb that was sacrificed for my sins. He is the feast of unleavened bread that says, I want you to live a life without sin. 
He is Emmanuel, God with us, that wants a relationship with us. And most importantly, verse 21, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what we're here to celebrate. And that's the key thing. And I hope and pray that over these next couple weeks, that that's always in the back of your mind. When you're wishing people a Merry Christmas, you're using the word Christ. I'm wishing you happiness through Christ. Because that's how you're going to have it. You're not going to have it through any other way. So when I say Merry Christmas to somebody, I'm really saying I wish you a happy, blessed life through Jesus Christ. Because that's what Merry Christmas means. What a blessing it is to stop and think about those words when we say them, when we write them on a card. And think about that over the next couple weeks as life gets pretty crazy for you. You're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Amen. God with us. Amen. Emmanuel. But you're also celebrating the lamb that died for your sins. You're also celebrating this idea of Christ saying, I want to come and make things right. And that's what gives us hope today. And that is why we can truly say Merry Christmas because of the blessing that it is. The wonderful blessing that it is. Hey, let's pray. Lord, as we just come to you now, we're thankful for this time this morning to come and just celebrate you. Lord, you came and you died for us so that we may live. Your blood, Lord. The only currency accepted in heaven. Amen, Lord. Help us to keep our heart, mind, and soul focused on you and all that we say and all that we do. And as we leave this building and as we say Merry Christmas to people, help us to truly remember you, to be a light for you, to be a witness for you, and to not let the world get in over these next couple weeks, but to truly keep our heart, mind, and soul focused on you. And if there's someone here this morning that has never fully understood why you came and what that means, I pray that you're speaking to their heart right now to understand what Christmas is. You came down to be with them, to die for them, to take away their sins. Thank you, Lord, for your love, grace, and mercy in your name. Amen. Worship team, if you're going to